0: Welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we bring you up to speed with the key drivers and trends in agricultural markets. My name's Olivia Agar, and what we've got in store today is another special guest episode, this time focusing on northern cattle markets with Andrew Hoskin, who's joining us for some insight into what's happening on the ground and how the season is shaping up in the north. So Hosko definitely knows his way around the northern livestock sector. He spent over 25 years as Elders Northern Zone Livestock Manager for New South Wales, Queensland and the NT. And now he runs his own show as a livestock and land consultant based out of Tamworth. So One of the key things I took out of this episode is where Hosko talks about some of the changes he's seen in sourcing stock and what producers and processors are looking for this season. And the other part was the gentle reminder that just because there's been rain and a La Niña announcement doesn't quite mean that the north is in rebuild mode yet. There's still that crucial summer rain that we need on the ground. Now, I want to give a quick mention to the wool market before we get stuck into today's episode. Though The market absolutely bounded out of the blocks to record the biggest one-day rise in the past 10 years. The big story is that by the end of the week, there were price rises of 100 cents per mpg right across the board. So this puts the rally since the start of September at a 37% lift with the eastern market indicator gaining over 360 cents in the last seven weeks. Apparel fibre markets in China have picked up during the last month as production seems to be sort of getting back into motion. And the greasy wool market has been following the general of apparel fibre complex. And given that the whole fiber market has improved, we're pretty optimistic that most of the recent rise in marina prices will hold, and hopefully, we've seen the worst of the COVID downturn. Alrighty, we'll move on now to a commodity that has skipped over the COVID downturn. Here's a conversation between Andrew Hoskin and Robert Herman.
1: Well, thanks for the introduction, Olivia, and it is a really exciting conversation today because I'm talking to Andrew Hoskin, or although to me he's Hosko, and uh, we do go back a long way. We both worked at Elders for some time, but it was sort of later on where we were dealing in cattle markets where we first came across Hosco as being somebody who um, not only had a, a real uh, understanding of what's happening in the north, but his experience took him across all aspects of the um, livestock industry. So Andrew, let's start off, I mean we're now seeing a market at levels that we would have only hoped for and dreamt of years ago. At that same time we've got a whole lot of uncertainty in the globe. What's your summary from where you are up in the north as to what's driving this market?
2: Uh, The market's wholly and solely driven by restockers and grass. Um, We've had a number of years of dry, as has most of uh, Australia, and uh, it's uh, very much driven by uh, numbers and volume as all supply and demand, and uh, uh, the numbers aren't there across a huge area. We've had a break that sees some areas uh, um, having phenomenal feed and season, and uh, producers just haven't got the stock, Um, so uh, there's a perfect storm for producers. um, both breeders and sellers, uh, and uh, certainly it's been something to uh, take advantage of locally. Uh, from an international perspective, well, there's all sorts of vagaries in the market that leads to the uncertainty and some of the concerns that we talk about.
1: So, Andrew, you're you're based out of Tamworth, and and most of Australia's cattle are killed north of you, and certainly in in the north of where we are down here. How are the processes? handling this and how are they dealing with the you know high prices strong competition from restockers we're seeing feedlots move back in you know how are they coping
2: there's so many differing uh, versions of uh, of what's happening and what's not happening uh, we're a very very fluid market as you would be aware um processes uh, there's the vagaries of uh, changes in licensing and things like that i think uh, the stories about some of them with uh, um, custom kills and with um, government subsidies and things like that there's an element of truth in all parts of it um, certainly the the biggest uh, uh, impact upon all of them is just supply and demand. Um, So uh, they're all struggling to get a a consistent volume of cattle, um, a consistency of supply, and then uh, they're all struggling to find holes uh, to be able to do it profitably. Um, I think uh, right across Eastern Australia, you've seen a big swing over the last few years to uh, uh, them specialising more and more and more in how and what they kill. You're seeing uh, a lot of branded product and a lot of uh, specific Specific uh, specifications sort of of cattle uh, as they come through, and uh, there's certainly been some great opportunities for producers to take advantage of that as they go through. Um, and uh, be it grass assured, be it uh, breed specific, uh, be it MSA, you've seen all those grow quite significantly, or have formed a much bigger impetus of what the produ- uh, what the processors and feedlots are targeting.
1: So we know that most of the processing of cattle is in the north, and that 's because most of the cattle are in the north and uh, But that area up there as I understand it and Hosco relies on um, you know that summer rainfall how, how is the country being set up now and and everybody 's talking about the La ninia and uh, and what 's happening there how's that what 's your view on how that 's going to play out now
2: Oh mate to be quite honest we've had la nina la nino and all the other uh, relatives over the last however many years and none of them ever seem to come to the party at the moment sort of i would say that uh, um, compared to last year and the year before it's phenomenal in new south Wales uh, across most parts Uh, i was in cumnock uh, just last week and the season just is beyond belief it's that good Um, As you go further north, it probably eases a little bit. We've seen uh, half an inch to an inch of rain around the place overnight here in storm rain. The Monaro is still very, very, very ordinary. Um, As you move up into Queensland, sort of, it's very poised. You'll see parts of the southeast quite good, but uh, the central and then the west and the far north, there's patches that are still very, very ordinary. Um, As you've said, the big numbers that have been up there, they've had continuous sell down in the west and the north for for some time now and that certainly hasn't stopped. Um, Restockers, uh, I've never seen more new operators operate over such a wide area. As we've seen the last 12 months, you've seen uh, Southern operators move into Queensland, then into the North, then into the Territory, and now you're seeing cattle coming backwards and forwards quite regularly from Western Australia and the far North. Uh, Restockers uh, and and the proactive agents in particular are really doing their homework and uh, casting over a wide area to take advantage. Um, and to try and find stock that they can get a margin out of for any of the fatteners
1: that 's one of the challenges for traders in this high market because you know it means there's uh, you know buying cattle is risky and it's, and, it, and it can be risky and there 's higher anxiety i guess but if you're a, if you 've got breeding cattle i mean these this is the time to be in it and I suppose you 're seeing that in the north that these breeders who have um, You know have got through some of the tough times will be trying to position themselves to take advantage of what looks like you know some good times for 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 some period ahead of us.
2: Certainly uh, across New South Wales across Queensland uh, you'd still like to see uh, um, a a summer like get a good wet in the north and they can start to rebuild. Um, That certainly hasn't been the case yet, but uh, price-wise and everything, anyone marketing uh, um, is taking huge advantage and now you're seeing that come back into your females and uh, uh, as people try to rebuild, Uh, you know, you're seeing cows and calves and uh, female cattle selling particularly well um, as people try to rebuild after the last um, couple of years. Um, now that's going to be ongoing, in some places you've seen uh, uh, fatteners or, or traders uh, um, that have sold down two and three years of, of uh, marketed stock, um, you know, they've sold their bullocks, they've sold the next cutters, heavy feeders and then in some places they've sold off the weiners and then the cows, that's not going to change overnight. Um, and some huge numbers in parts of uh, Northern Queensland that uh, uh, you're still seeing the processes complete, you're seeing the live export come in chasing numbers uh, to go out of uh, principally uh, Townsville now, um, and it's keeping uh, real pressure on all prices and all markets.
1: As markets, Hosco that we've seen develop over the last Twenty odd years is the feedlot market, and we saw cattle feed, cattle on feed get up to very high numbers towards 1.2 million, but they have dropped back in recent times. Uh, and partly, I mean, grain's been more expensive, so the margins haven't really been there. But grain's going to be somewhat cheaper this year, although we have seen a recent spike in the grain price. Uh, what's your intel on what's happening with the feedlots? They they seem to have an appetite to try and you know boost the numbers a little bit again. Is that right?
2: Uh, Very much so uh, in that uh, it's an industry in itself, uh, uh, so the feedlots are like a factory, they need to have throughput to keep going. There's levels of uh, capacity that they need to maintain to keep their cost of scale and similar to i dare say america they've developed those markets that suit the consistency of the grain fed and it keeps going bearing in mind that uh, where the big numbers are in queensland there's still uh, a lot of dry areas and uh, and the opportunity for people to want to feed and want to keep value adding Um, if you're just a uh, part-time feeder well yes it's very difficult to make things add up There is the anticipation that ration will come off uh, uh, 25 to 30% very, very quickly over the next period with uh, with the harvest. Like we had no harvest the last couple of years. And uh, as you're aware, I was uh, involved in cattle being fed from South Australia, Victoria, right through to up here. You just tried to find any space you could find. Um, Now it's more the professionals targeting their markets and uh, keeping it going. I think the last quarter figures dropped eight or 10% in capacity, but uh, that's still running at pretty high levels. And uh, certainly those uh, big feedlots are still trying to keep them going. And once again, that's putting a heap of pressure onto the boats and the uh, processor market. uh, And in a lot of cases, um, restockers that have looked at a safer avenue uh, they outlay outlay a bit more money on heavy cattle to fatten quickly rather than the little cattle to hang on to for a long time
0: we've
1: seen um, the, you know the market really turn around since the breaking of the drought you know it's quite dramatic in january but it seems now to have got ahead against ahead of the meat price and and that's always a concern and we know why that's happening and you just outlined it really well hosko but is it able to keep going like this i mean we we've got restocker demand we've got people wanting to hold back females and and sell less than they did last year and we've got as you just mentioned some feedlot activity that's starting to generate up Um, all that's going to actually keep heating the market at a time when supply is low but at the end of the day you know someone's got to make some money out of these cattle don't they when they're when they're finally slaughtered?
2: i think uh, you're saying Technology and communications and things like that just in, increased significantly uh, over the last 12 months that people are looking uh, more and more at different categories of stock, differing categories and areas to trade. Um, if you're asking relative to uh, the meat market itself, well, yes, we're too dear. Every bit of news offshore is uh, not quite as positive as uh, our neck of the woods, but... Uh, I think the guts of it is that uh, the numbers are not here, so for us to uh, keep poking along uh, um, in the present market, it will settle down to a level um, that uh, producers will still be at levels that will be uh, the best in 20 years, maybe not the extreme, but they're still going to be very good, but there has to be some respite as numbers build up a little bit for the processors and the food lotters. Uh, But uh, I think the rebuild will be at least two or three years uh, um, in play. So we've probably got to get used to numbers and volumes and uh, work our way around that as we rebuild. Um, Cattle just can't rebuild as quickly as sheep. And uh, obviously there'll be that impact uh, as we go through. And we haven't had three good years in a row anywhere in Australia. Um, you know, even Gippsland got dry sort of last year, and uh, um, you know we need two or three years to get people back on their feet. Um, and a good harvest will help two good harvests pays the bank a little bit uh, you know those sorts of things come into play that uh, at this point in time it's only those with a heap of equity and a heap of cattle on hand that are able to really take benefit but uh, gee whiz uh, compared to 12 months ago it's a good place to be at the moment
1: you're listening to um, Mercado's Commodity Conversations here and today we've got Andrew Hoskin on speaking to us and, uh, and you've probably picked up through the conversation so far that he's certainly somebody who knows a heck of a lot about not only the, uh, the northern cattle business but the cattle business um, in general. So Andrew, I'll, I'm going to ask you a question that we get asked a lot and that is based on all of what you've said which, is, which, which outlines the situation. What do you think the price is going to look like? How much change are we likely to see come January this year? Because I mean, in January we come to those big wiener sales. Um, there's a lot of people looking ahead now and seeing what's being paid for for young cattle. Uh, you know, big dollars per kilogram. Um, what what we're going to see come January, based on all of this? And and again, um, it's I'm putting you on the spot, but it's only because people do that to us, Hosco and um, I reckon you might have a better insight than what we do.
2: Oh, no, 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 that's okay, Rob. And the the two things I say to people is... uh is the question you're asking is about the future but so much of it's based on the past Um, for as many years as you like you'll see us get through to September October and you have your questions and your answers about where's the market going to go and it's all supply driven and uh, where are they going to come from and uh, this sort of thing this year will be no different we've got 50 years of data that says this is where it goes this is where it's going to end up Uh, I think the big vagaries of we've seen the biggest drought in history, we've had COVID impact upon all the plants, all these sorts of things come into play that you put a value on those. But the the truth of it is, is 50 years is a bit hard to get away from. The market will settle down to a level, but the numbers aren't there. So uh, people going into it will uh, see strong markets. Um, the areas that are particularly good that, uh, you know, you'll hear the industry talking about, well, gee, they're putting more weight onto the cattle and there'll be a flood of bullocks out of Gippsland or out of New South Wales. The thing is the big numbers of cattle are in Queensland and that haven't rebuilt. You could kill all the cattle in Gippsland or all the cattle in, uh, in uh, central New South Wales and it's not as though that's going to keep a plant going for 12 months of the year. So uh, we're seeing a, a significant difference uh, in season, but it's still very area orientated. Um, so like it's not as though it's the whole eastern seaboard. Uh, I, I personally believe that uh, um, uh, we're going to see it be reasonably consistent. It'll settle down to a level that sort of there's a, a playing field that both parties can operate i've got no idea what's going to happen in china and the u.s uh, we've got elections uh, in a few states we've got differing laws with the abattoirs that's had an impact be it victoria or, or queensland or uh, off, certainly offshore so uh, um, basically you set the the basics on what history tells us and then try and allow a little bit for that bit in amongst it Uh, For producers, well, yes, weight wins. Females are always a safety valve. Um, Right across the world, uh, your big key markets are going to be uh, 85, 90 CL into America and into those sorts of places. So you follow that probably more than the the pretty black cattle into the feedlot. But uh, at the end of the day, I think producers are going to have a pretty good time of it for the next two or three years even if it is at a little bit of a lesser level than what we've seen the last six months.
1: Well, a really insightful summary, Andrew, and uh, we we'll really appreciate that. Um, we usually end our uh, conversations with sort of a question out of left field. A few years ago, um, I had one of the best road trips we have ever had and I decided, my daughter decided to take me to Tamworth Country Music Festival and um, and, and I've never forgotten it. But what, what I did was I rang you ahead and said... Uh, where can we stay? And you found a really comfy spot for me on the footy ground, which I'll never forget. So my question, Hosco is coming, and I know you're not a big country music fan, but you're in Tamworth, so you're going to have to be an ambassador for Tamworth here. What's the best act you've seen in Tamworth Country Music Festival and why were they one of the things that you remember?
2: No, mate, as you've said, I'm not the most musical and uh, and that, but uh, I can highly recommend that uh, everyone has to come and see a festival. It really is worth coming to see. there is anything and everything uh, that's been at them uh, i find uh, and a lot of people would be familiar with the um, turbulence and the bush poetry but uh, murray hart and uh, Mazza would always do a show called the naked poets with a number of uh, similar people that they'd hop up at the golf club and put on a show and i just found them to be hilarious very very in touch with the bush he's done some quite moving poetry about the drought and uh, and uh, depression and right through to some hilarious ones such as turbulence and those sorts of things so it's great to see i know i've made the comment in the past uh, about how many varied programs and uh, and shows there are the funny thing is over the years uh, a couple of the best ones i've ever seen were russell morris uh, uh, and the brewster brothers from uh, from the angels both did a country show uh, uh, at different times up here and they were brilliant um, you know Paul Kelly came through many years ago and did a country show and people just wouldn 't imagine those sorts of people uh, at a country festival but you 've got them in amongst all the uh, the others that uh, um, you know, it 's well worth traveling for everyone to come and see
1: i think uh, that's a that 's a really strong point Hosco, and uh, and i 'd endorse what you said and and that bit about it being a bit more diverse than just country, I can remember. The first show we saw the year we went there was um, the John Butler Trio, and uh, my daughter couldn't believe that she could actually get so close to someone so famous in a, in a small hall, and it's just wonderful. And, and look, you were very generous in, in helping us out and looking after us. You've been very generous today, Hosco. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for your insights. It's been great to talk to you, and uh, we wish you all the best for the rest of the year.
2: Thank you very much and all the best to all your producers and listeners. Uh, You do a wonderful job with all your information and market knowledge.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Commodity Conversations. I hope you enjoyed it and if you did, please share it around or leave us a review. Remember, there's plenty more detailed content and analysis on the Mercado website or if you're looking for more bespoke research, reporting and forecasting for your business, you know where to find us. Enjoy the finals weekend, everyone, and I'll be back with you next week.